Today, my dear faithful, is the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. And the epistle is taken from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 8. Brethren, I reckon that the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared to the glory to come that shall be revealed in us. For the expectation of the creature waiteth for the revelation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him that made it subject in hope. Because the creature also itself shall be delivered from the servitude of corruption into the liberty of the glory of the children of God. For we know that every creature groaneth and travaileth in pain even till now, and not only it, but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption of the sons of God, the redemption of our body in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the Holy Gospel. Taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 5. At that time, when the multitude pressed upon Jesus to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesareth, and he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets, and going up into one of the ships that was Simon's, he desired him to draw back a little from the land, and sitting, he taught the multitudes out of the ship. Now when he had ceased to speak, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said to him, Master, we have labored all the night, and have taken nothing, but at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a very great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. And they beckoned to their partners that were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they were almost sinking which when Simon Peter saw, he fell down at the knees of Jesus, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was wholly astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of fishes which they had taken. And so were also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were Simon's partners. And Jesus saith to Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And having brought their ships to land, leaving all things, they followed him. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. Jesus saith to Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And having brought their ships to land, Leaving all things, they followed him. Words taken from the Gospel of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's Gospel, my dear faithful, as I just recounted, begins with a vast multitude surrounding our Savior on the shores of the Lake of Galilee, This crowd besieged our Savior on all sides to hear the word of God. To escape this crush of people so that he could actually speak to them, our Lord entered into a boat that was along the shore. The owners of the boat, two fishermen, stood nearby cleaning their nets. 
Simon and Andrew were their names, and they were happy to help when our Lord asked if they could row him a short distance into the water. From the boat, our Lord spoke to the people for some time, and then he turned to Simon and Andrew and told them, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. The fishermen probably glanced knowingly at each other before Simon spoke up. Master, we have labored all the night and have taken nothing, but at thy word I will let down the net. In other words, Simon told our Lord, it would be pointless to go out right now. The fish simply aren't biting, but because you ask it, I will do it anyway. Simon forgot who it was in the boat with him, that this was the great wonder worker who had not only words of eternal wisdom, but could perform miracles. And a miracle is what they received when they obeyed him. In St. Luke's words in today's gospel, when they had done this, they enclosed a very great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. So great was the harvest that the net began to fall to pieces under its weight. Even with another boat coming to help, the net breaking and fish escaping from it, still they managed to fill both boats so much so that they were almost sinking under the weight. The fisherman Simon knew well what miracle had just happened. He had fished these shores his entire life and had just spent, as he said, the entire night casting his net with nothing to show for his labor. He understood how astounding this catch was. And so Simon fell down at our Lord's feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And Jesus saith to Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Given this promise, Simon and Andrew rode our Lord to shore, and leaving all things, they followed him. For three years, Simon followed our Lord, and then he spent the rest of his life as St. Peter the Apostle, catching men for the Savior. With prayer and sacrifice, preaching and good example, he won many, many souls to the true faith. St. Peter generously answered his calling from God, his vocation. He was the first pope, the first vicar of Christ on earth, and visible head of the church. With this awesome office, our Lord himself compared St. Peter and the papacy to a rock, the foundation upon which our church has been built. What an awesome responsibility, and what an immense glory He has now, because Simon, the humble fisherman of Galilee, 
did fulfill his vocation and became Saint Peter. However, what if, my dear faithful, he did not? It is hard to fathom what the world would be like if St. Peter had not followed his vocation. Of course, God would have provided another way. But how many people relied on St. Peter? If he was not there to cast his net for souls, how many of those same souls would have never heard the word of God, never become Catholic? How many would lose their souls because Simon was not Peter the Apostle? That need for vocations, for young men and women to answer the call of God, is true of every age of the church. The good a religious can do who truly strives to love God and spend themselves for souls is tremendous. A single priest like St. John Vianney, a sister like St. Catherine of Siena, or one brother like Brother Andre of Canada, each one of these individuals worked incredible good among souls. Like St. Peter before them, they were fishers of men, and with God's grace, they caught a miraculous harvest. Of course, we need good fathers and mothers, and we do need religious brothers and sisters, but the most serious need we have is vocations to the priesthood. St. Alphonse explains this when he writes, The entire church cannot give to God as much honor nor obtain so many graces as a single priest by celebrating a single Mass. A Mass is an infinite sacrifice, winning such grace for mankind. But then... After the Mass, there are, of course, the sacraments as well. Confession, Holy Communion, and Extreme Unction. These great gifts from God for the salvation of souls can be given only through our priests. As we already know, confession delivers us from sin. Holy Communion, the bread of life, gives us the strength to overcome sin, while extreme unction is the direct preparation for standing before the judgment seat of God. I'm sure every priest has his stories that bring the importance of the sacraments home to him. One especially sticks out in my memory. Some years ago, I was in Chicago, visiting a chapel member in a nursing home when I was asked to see another patient. An elderly man had broken his leg, and considering his age and other infirmities, he was not expected to live more than a few more hours. 
When I arrived, he was lying in bed semi-conscious and writhing and moaning in pain. Some family members were there, so I explained that I would be giving the man the sacraments, including extreme unction. I then began the ceremonies, praying, of course, in Latin. Then I would stop and turn to the family, explaining each part and encouraging the family to join with me in prayers for their loved one. I soon noticed that as I continued saying the prayers of extremunction, the man's spasms of pain grew calmer, his breathing less belabored. Then when I stopped the prayers to turn to the family and speak to them, the man would writhe in pain again and groan in agony. Three times this happened, until finally when I finished anointing the man and all the prayers of the sacrament, he lay there in complete peace and quiet. What a joy it is, my dear faithful, to be a priest, to offer the Mass, to bring down the God-man upon the altar and to give him to men at the communion rail, to hear confessions and know at the words of absolution that God Almighty forgives this soul, to anoint someone and turn their pain, even their death agony, into the means for obtaining heaven. It is truly unfathomable to be an instrument of Christ for souls, unfathomable in its joys and in its glories. In this age when so few have certainly valid priests, here we are with a traditional Catholic seminary and truly Catholic bishops. We have the Mass and the sacraments available to us, and it is the glory of each priest to be a fisher of men, to catch souls for Christ and bring them to eternal salvation. But what if, my dear faithful, what if our young men neglect their calling? What if our Lord knocks at the heart of their souls and he finds himself rejected? To win for these souls the grace to follow their vocation, we pray the prayer for vocations each first Sunday of the month. We pray that our young men, as the prayer for vocation says, understand the happiness that comes to the priest in being a priest. Of course, we include in this prayer priests and as well as religious brothers and sisters. As the prayer says, these are the vocation that the church needs. Along with this prayer, we ask you as well to offer your Mass and Holy Communion to beseech our Lord for these vocations. Please do join us in the prayers. For, these, for this great intention, to implore God for the graces these young men and women need to answer this call, 
to be generous in trampling underfoot the allures of the world. May they leave all things and follow Christ. For if they do not, who will be there to reap the harvest of souls? Who will provide the Mass? Where will we go for the sacraments? The failure to answer priestly vocation means many, many souls are deprived of the graces they may need for eternal salvation. And so, may our young men hear the call from our Lord. Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. May they answer that call, leaving all things to follow our Lord, so that they will launch out into the deep and let down their nets and catch a rich harvest of souls. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.